There you go. All right, let us pray. Our Father which art in heaven, we humble ourselves before you right now, and we thank you for your love towards us. Father, we are here today to worship you in spirit and in truth. We're not here today, Father, for form and fashion. And if it's in us anywhere, we ask for you to remove that from our hearts. That you will add, that you will allow your Holy Spirit to come close to our hearts. We need the oil of grace, Father. We need your presence. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it is by the Spirit. And so, Lord, you're the Lord of hosts. And you're the one that rules us. Talk to us now as we discuss the disease of selfishness. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. I have a song that I like to sing. And I, I should say I would like all of us to join in. Uh, page 524. This was my father's favorite song, and often I, I just look forward to be able to sing this song and to sing it with God's people. This was very precious to my father, a very faithful man, a burden bearer, someone who cared about souls, was concerned about souls. And the Bible says a wise man does what? He wins and winneth souls. Amen? That's why we're here. Without that desire for the love and the salvation of God's people in our own lives, what purpose are we here? It is about people being saved. Amen? So, page 524. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Amen? sing together. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know the save the Lord. Come on now. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him. Last stanza. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me. Will be with me till. Come on, saints, sing it for Jesus. Yes. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Praise the Lord. Amen. I feel better. And I thank the Lord. You know, worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth 
are not just idle words. It's something that really transforms our lives. And I'm here to say to you today that I don't even want to get up and speak unless I know the Spirit of the Lord is with me. Amen? Amen. Because without that, there's no power. It's just words. It's really just information, and it's not going to do anything to transform our souls, except we be touched by the Holy Spirit. And so I thank the Lord for his word. I thank the Lord for his spirit. Amen? Amen. Today we're going to talk just about the disease of selfishness. Now, how many people have, have experienced selfishness in their life anywhere? <laughs> Let me see your hand. <laughs> Amen. Is selfishness a good thing? Yeah. It's not. Why is it not a good thing? Just give me one reason. It separates us from God. It separates from God. Give me another reason. It's self-serving. Self-serving. Destructive. What's another reason? One more. Selfishness. Well, we need others, and so if you're selfish, you know. Right. Push others away. Okay. Now, the last time that we spoke <coughs> together, who is my neighbor? We talked about what about your neighbor that was important that you remember? Who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? Is anyone that needs your Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, what I want to do is go to the Word of God and talk about why that's important and why selfishness can actually block that from us doing that. And why selfishness is a disease. It's really a cancer. You see? It's a spiritual cancer, just like we have a physical cancer. It's deadly. And it would take us out. Okay? Now, in order for this to, to take it, to go to the next level, 1 Corinthians 10.24 is our main scripture for this. But before I really can get into that, what I want to do is touch on a couple things. I made a note, and I think this note is very important. Because as I was reflecting this morning and praying and talking to the Lord all week, but especially this morning, on the Sabbath, I said, Lord, I need you to deal with my mind. I need you to deal with my heart and give me some insight. Just talk to me. So a couple thoughts came to me. When you talk about the disease of selfishness, and remember, I want you all to think about it spiritually, okay, in order to grasp this. Number one, double-minded. Double-mindedness, okay? A double-minded man, the Bible says, is what? Unstable in all his ways. Okay? Now, let's think about this. Have you ever thought about double-mindedness in connection with selfishness? <laughs> I never really thought of it like that before. But I got to think about that thing. I said, wait a minute. We're talking about a disease of selfishness. So there's something at the root of selfishness that blocks us from doing certain things. Well, let's think about it. If I'm double-minded in my home with my wife, huh? or you're double-minded with your husband, right? Mm -hmm. that means you will not be able to serve at the full capacity that you could if you were single-focused. Mm -hmm. So your, your spouse may ask you, I need you to do something. I've done this multiple times in my life, so I know exactly how it feels to be distracted. I know what it's like to have my mind on other things. And my wife frustrated 
because she's wondering, why did I forget? Why did I didn't handle this? Did I hear what she had to say? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You got it? Mm-hmm. All right. Talking about the disease of selfishness. So the next piece will be the instability of, of mind and body. So it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. We can be unstable not just in our mind, but in our body. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. What would cause a person to be unstable besides they're double-minded, but what are some other characteristics that would cause a person to be unstable that you could think of? Disease. Disease. Exactly. Now, why is that? If all of our cells are not uh, operating properly, if our blood is not flowing properly, what happens to us? We're not able to think clearly. Our bodies are not able to function. Remember, I told you I had a mild stroke. I also may have shared with you that my wife had a stroke last year. Stress would take you out, right? So here's another one, the disease of selfishness. What about fear? Huh? Got to thinking about that thing. I said, wait a minute. God said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. So what did he give us? Three things. He gave us power. He gave us love, and he gave us what? Sound. A sound mind. Okay? So fear and doubt disrupt that sound mind. For example, the young lady that's standing with us, she called me yesterday. Man, I was so busy yesterday, it was beyond words. She called me up on the phone, and she said, Anthony, Brother Anthony, I got a problem. I'm walking from the store. And she says there's two German shepherds (laughs) that are in a fence, and she's very scared of dogs because she's been attacked by them before, right? So I told her, I said, sister, I said, settle down. They're in the fence, number one. Pay attention, be alert, but move forward, sister, quickly, but pray. And I'll be praying for you. I want you to move. Just keep moving, okay? So she said, okay. But I want you to know, she was so gripped with fear that after the fact, someone, I I noticed that someone drove up in the driveway and I was wondering who it was. And she had someone to pick her up to drop her off in the driveway. (laughs) So when I talked to her afterwards, she said that after I spoke with her and she was walking by the dogs, she looked around and looked like the dog was inching to a certain corner of the fence. And it seemed as though they might have been trying to do something because the fence was a little bit shorter. So she got real scared, dropped her phone, and ran. I said, wow, that translates into a dog's mind attack. We need to do something about this, right? There's a prey. So fear can destabilize us, Okay. Well, let's put fear in the context of the disease of selfishness. If I'm afraid to talk to my community members, if I'm afraid to talk to someone who needs to hear a word, what does that do? That prevents me because of my thinking, not because of God's power that I didn't rely on, but because the way I was thinking, self-absorbed about my issues and how someone looked at me, what does that do? That prevents me from serving. You get that? So fear can be a cause of a disease 
to have a disease that causes us to be selfish. Ooh, ever thought of it like that? Okay. So here's another one. Stress. <laughs> I said, boy, that's pretty interesting. Sometimes we say how stressed we are, right? Oh, this is going wrong. This is not happening. I wanted to get something done, but I couldn't get it done because I'm so stressed. I don't have the kind of money I need. My financials are, are all messed up. My health is all messed up. I'm just in bad shape. But notice that in what I was just saying, there was a consistency. I kept saying, I, 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 I. Oh, you ever thought about that? Hmm. What happens if we were to remove that I? Last time I thought about testimony, there's a test. There's moaning, and in the middle of that is an I. What if we remove that I between the test and the moaning? You think we can get there faster? <laughs> Amen? So, let's think about God's word for a minute. Remember, a couple things. The Bible says a double-minded man is what? Unstable in all his ways, right? Also, the Bible talks about fear. It says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us three things. Power, love, and a sound mind, right? Now, I talked about stress. What about depression? Depression is a disease of selfishness. Because I had to thinking about it. I said, wait a minute. If you're depressed, now, mind you, I'm not pointing the finger. There's many reasons why people are de depressed. And I would, I would never try to disrespect a person for the reason why they decide to be depressed. The only thing I would recommend to them is when you have Jesus in your life, when you have the word of God and access to unlimited power, there's something going on in that connection that's disconnected. It is. Because you're holding on to one thing when you should be holding on to another. Would you all agree? Because the Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also what? In Christ Jesus. Now, if I have the mind of Christ, let me ask you a question. Can you carry depression? Why? Because he wasn't depressed. He didn't carry that depression. See, saints, is this is where we need to be guarded. Right? He was too busy in service doing the will of God. So say to God, disease, I just wanted to, because to, this is a simple message today. Nothing super complicated. I don't even like super complicated stuff sometimes. Sometimes it just needs to be simple, straightforward. Amen? Amen? So now that we have a just a small grasp, and hopefully your mind takes this sermon further, you start to think about spiritual things that are like disease-causing agents of selfishness. Can y'all think of uh, uh, any other word that would make you think of the disease of selfishness, by the way? Anything that comes to your mind just besides what I shared? As I talked about fear, doubt, instability, things like that. you have any other thoughts that come to your mind? Pride. Pride, absolutely. Overwhelmed. Being overwhelmed. What's the characteristic of all these things that stands out to you to why this is even possible? Self, in other words, you're thinking in your mind. Notice that in our mind, there's something going on there that is not allowing the Holy Spirit to connect 
is power to our mind. So what that tells me is there's some self-serving going on, right? There's some selfish perspectives going on, meaning that you're thinking about your situation more than you are thinking about what God can do for your situation. In other words, we find ourselves trying to solve problems without Christ. And that's where we get into trouble. And that's where selfishness can take control of our situation. You follow that? Now, before we touch on 1 Corinthians 10, 24, I just want to touch on the visual. To, you know, as I was thinking this morning, at first I wasn't going to have that. I was just coming to get up and speak. But I kept thinking, I said, in my mind, it makes it a lot simpler to be able to, to, to think about the disease of selfishness and how to get rid of it when I think about the sanctuary, my favorite subject. So I said, you know what? Let me let the people see this too so we can kind of touch on it. Okay, so right here, saints, selfishness, does it have any place in the sanctuary? No, no. Why? Is that, give me one reason. Well, the sanctuary points to Christ, and Christ was itself. Okay, it points to Christ, <laughs> and this is the key point. If you don't get anything else out of this sermon, Christ was not selfish. <laughs> Amen? Okay. He sacrificed everything for us. Amen. That's a blessing. So if our example set a, an unselfish example then that, and tells us he gives us the power to do it, then we don't have an excuse. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen? <laughs> so what the sanctuary does is it pulls us away from our selfish ways, our selfish thoughts, our selfish activities, our selfish mindset. You see the thing there? Everything that's selfish, the sanctuary is trying to pull us away from it. So the first thing that I would want to say to everyone here today as a remedy to the disease of selfishness is surrender. Amen. 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 Where do you surrender? At the altar to burn off. Amen. Amen. Think about this. Sometimes we know we have a problem, but we may not know how to solve that problem. But the first thing the Lord does for us is he says, I'm going to give you the power to solve the problem that you cannot solve inside of your own heart. Mm -hmm. Amen? There's not enough intellect we have. There's not enough money that we have. There's not enough influence that we have to be able to solve our internal problem of selfishness. But only Jesus' plan, only Jesus' power can do that. Amen? Mm -hmm. If we keep that as our focus, guess what we do? The first thing we do is humble ourselves before the Lord. We don't try to do it in our own strength. We said, Lord, please help me. With my wife, I, I shared this with the church uh, that I preached at my brother's church uh, last week. And we talked about, again, who is my neighbor. The Lord has been working with me on a theme of encouragement. And I went there to share with them. And I'm going to share with you all what I shared with them. Because I believe like this. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto death. And I just feel like this. If I'm going to get up here and talk about the word of God and don't have my testimony, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's how I feel, sincerely. I was separated from my wife for a couple years. How long did I say? 
Two years. Do you think that was easy for me? Do you think that was fun for me? Uh, I'm a seven-day Adventist, been one all my life. I'm 48 years old. You think there was some embarrassment based on what I know, what I understand from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy? So that's not an easy thing, amen? But you know what? I want to thank the Lord. I want to go on record. Say, I thank the Lord for those trials. Amen. You know why? Because I would rather fall now and have God get me up. Mm. Amen? Amen. Then to think I'm standing mm. and not take heed and I find myself off. Amen. Amen? Amen? You know, so, saints of God, surrender is what I had to do in this subject that I'm talking about, being separated from my wife. I had to go and talk to the Lord and say, Father, this woman is different than me. She doesn't think the way I do. She doesn't respond the way I do. You know what I'm saying, sisters. Brothers, y'all know what I'm saying. We think differently. So what moves me don't always move her. You follow me? So I'm like, Lord, there's something you're trying to teach me. There's something you're trying to show me there's something you're trying to reveal to me about selfishness and the disease of selfishness through this experience. And so instead of looking at my wife and her issues and her challenges and her faults, I need to look at my own. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because as long as there's a disease, and a lot of times you think about a disease, a disease is hidden from us most of the time. We don't even know that is there. Think about it. A lot of people have discovered they have cancer. They didn't know until a doctor showed them. Well, in our spiritual life, we have a cancer of selfishness that most of the time is the issue to the problem. And so the Lord's plan is die daily. Die daily. How do you do that? You humble yourself before the Lord. You open up his holy word. You get on your knees and you pray sincerely. And you do it not worrying about what your spouse is going to do. What your spouse has, it has nothing to do with them in this particular aspect. Amen. Just like my wife, she was away. I, I had to depend on Christ, not on her. In your life. Do you have things in your life that you know that you have not slowed yourself down long enough to surrender your heart to the Lord? Have you found yourself in situations where you've been very frustrated, whether it's financially, whether it's in your health, or whether it's in your relationships? Have you been in that place and you are trying to figure out you're bewildered and you don't know what to do? My challenge to you today is, is the one I had to accept. I had to make a decision to humble myself before the Lord. And then once I did, then I have to also make a decision to humble myself before my wife. Amen? Amen. You know why I've learned why that's so important? Because there's a command that the Lord gives all of us to do. It's very simple. It's very practical. The Bible says, love God with all of your heart. Let me pause for a minute. Amen? Amen. It's a simple command. It's a straightforward command. It's a powerful command. 
If we allow the Holy Spirit to make that real inside of our souls, and we make it a purposeful decision to love God with all of our hearts, there's something special that happens in our relationship with God and man. Amen? Amen. But that's not all. That's just one part of it. And once this thing has been crystallized in my mind, remember, I've been having this all my life. I'm 48 years old, but let me tell you something. As things start getting sweeter and sweeter, the more adversities you have, the more challenges you have, the more things you go through, the more you grow and realize, man, I need Jesus. I need my Savior to help me. Because these burdens are too tough. My wife always says quiet desperation has a lot of people in quiet desperation. People come into church. They, they, they put their face on, but in their hearts, they know they got challenges. They know they're going through things, and they just don't know how to overcome. So my simple message today is, Jesus is the answer to every problem. Just like prayer, prayer is the answer. Why is prayer the answer to every problem in life? Because it puts us in tune with divine wisdom. That's what we need. Amen? This morning in Sabbath school, I, I was itching to say this, and we're going to continue this part. <laughs> so we were talking about wisdom, right? And we're talking about wisdom and understanding. So I had a sanctuary moment, and I thought I would share with you all what I discovered in God's word in wisdom, and then also we're going to apply wisdom to how to get rid of the disease of selfishness. Is that all right? So the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. So it says, therefore, in all thy getting, get what? Understand. How many people have heard that many times? I have as well. One day, the Holy Spirit decided to direct me to a place in the Word of God to give me the definition of His definition of understanding. I have my own definition of understanding, right? I want you, I don't have that scripture in my head immediately because this just came to me fresh just now. But believe me, when I tell you this, look it up in the Word of God, it's right there. The Bible says, understanding is a knowledge of the holy. <laughs> oh boy, gets me excited every time I think about this. Now, I was looking at that one day, this was years ago, and I realized that when it said that understanding is a knowledge, a knowledge of the holy, that's specific. It's very spiritual. That's not just any old instruction. So I'm like, okay, Lord, so there's a way that you can help us to gather wisdom. The Bible says a wise man win of souls. But it also says in another place, it says, uh, talks about wisdom. Says a wise man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. So there's something about wisdom that's very important to, for us to have, and this will help us to make better decisions in our life every day. Amen. Especially our eternal life decisions. Amen. So in order to have those decisions, understanding is a knowledge of the holy. Well, what do you think that? knowledge of the holy would represent. I'm giving you a hint by what I'm pointing to. <laughs> it's the sanctuary. It's the holy place, most holy place. It's the whole system, right? And having a knowledge of this. Understand, this is really understanding 
in God's viewpoint. Because we're understanding his system, his plan. See how see where that's going? Mm -hmm. If we understand that, then we now can apply wisdom properly because we actually understand according to how God sees it. Right? Well, that, does that make sense? Yes. I'm going to keep it simple for, on that. Let's let the Holy Spirit work with us on that concept. Amen? But let's continue with finalizing on the disease of selfishness. That was just an extra bonus. Prayerfully, you all will take the concept of understanding and realize that, wait a minute. Yeah, I might have a degree. Yes, I might know about the dictionary. Yeah, I might have been in evidence all my life. But this sanctuary, Lord, there's some things you want to teach me. There's some things I really don't know. And you're saying if I want wisdom, then I need to get some understanding. Matter of fact, in all the getting, I need to get understanding. So that means, Lord, you're saying I need to have the knowledge of the Holy. Get that? Mm -hmm. Make sense, everybody? Mm -hmm. Amen. The Holy Spirit be our teacher, and he can teach us right there. Quick. Amen? So, what I want to do is, is, is bring something special up. There's a lot of points that could be made today, and I believe the point, the primary point was made. And I think what the Holy Spirit wanted to say to all of us today is, listen, guys, understand it. Now, I'm pulling up a document, um, and it's not coming up. I'm not sure what's, what I'm doing on that one. So, saints of God, how many people appreciate just the fact that wisdom in order to gain that, we need to take this thing a lot deeper than we have. We need to go below that surface. Would y'all agree? Yes. In order to really understand. Not in man's wisdom, not in man's ways, but in God's ways. Amen? Now, what I want to do is I want to show you something that I believe will be an encouragement to the saints of God today. Because... It's not enough for me to stand up here today or any pastor or any person that stands up here and communicates. It's not enough to talk about the theory of the gospel because really, when I'm communicating today, are theories of the gospel. They're concepts. They're things that you think about, you process when you do our, our Sabbath school lessons, when we read the Bible. Um, the spirit of prophecy, they're theories that we are just processing. But there's an application to those theories. It's cut off. This is the it's cut off. It's cut off. Okay. All right. So what we what we can do is we're going to. I'm going to read it from here. You just have to probably get the, the concept a little bit here. Yeah. Um, so what I want to do now, saints, is I'm going to show you how we can rid ourselves continuously and consistently of the disease of selfishness. And in the sanctuary, if you remember that image of the sanctuary, I found out that in the holy place, the solution to the problem of selfishness is sitting in the holy place as a primary daily solution. It's at the seven-branch candlestick. The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may what? See your good works. And what? Glorify your Father which is in heaven. So you mean to tell me it's not enough to see God's glory? It's also we need to see 
people's good works. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I tried to make sense of that in the spirit, in the Bible, and I realized it's really simple. Go back to the core principle. Love God with all your heart. Mm -hmm. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So there's a twofold thing that the Lord's always looking at. He wants to see how do you treat him, and how devoted are you to him, and how do you treat the people you see every day. Because in God's eyes, we are liars if we say we love him, but we don't love the people that we see every day. Because mm -hmm. we've never seen him before. Mm -hmm. See, that's how, and that's in the Bible. This is how the Lord thinks about it. So there's a combination that to, to Christ, there's a completeness to love. And he wants to see that in all of us, coming from our hearts. Do y'all agree with that, saints? Mm -hmm. Amen. So I found this in the spirit of prophecy. I love it. It's like a charge of encouragement. I pray the saints are encouraged by this. It says, go forward, soldier. Go forward, soldier. Go forward. It says, often the Christian life is beset with what? Dangers. And duty seems hard to perform. The imagination pictures impending ruin before and bondage and death behind. Yet the voice of God speaks clearly, go forward. Amen. Let us obey the command. Amen. Even though our sight cannot penetrate the darkness. So notice, we don't, fear can't operate in this command. Doubt cannot operate in this command. You get that? Stress cannot operate in this command. So in other words, when we keep our eyes on Jesus, there's a whole bunch of things that get eliminated. Just like that. Amen? Amen. The obstacles that hinder our progress will never, listen to this carefully, will never disappear before a halting, doubting spirit. So, you know what that tells us? I start off with a double mind, right? Mm -hmm. That's one of the first thing I said. Well, if here it is right here. A halting, doubting spirit, that's a double mind to what you know you're supposed to do. You follow that? Mm -hmm. So this disease of selfishness is a real issue. Mm -hmm. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit to use the microscope that he has to go deep inside our souls and to help remove those things that we don't even understand that to take us away from worshiping him and loving his people. Would y'all agree with that? Yes. Those who defer obedience till every uncertainty disappears and there remains no risk of failure or defeat will never obey. Now this makes a lot of sense to me because a certain Lord says we can do nothing without courage. It takes courage to serve the Lord. It takes courage to get out of debt. It takes courage to eliminate disease. It takes courage to get rid of doubt. Would y'all agree with that? It takes courage to love your neighbor. And everyone who needs your help is your neighbor. Okay? Faith, so what does faith do? Faith looks beyond the difficulties and lays hold of the unseen 
even omnipotence. Therefore, it cannot be baffled. Now think about it, saints. If we were just to simply have the faith that the Lord asked us to have, we can know that we walk with unlimited power and we can overcome any challenge that we're faced with. How many people like the idea of walking around powerless? That doesn't make too much sense, does it? And we need the Spirit of the Lord to give us the power. Amen? Amen. Faith is the clasping of the hand of Christ in every emergency. Saints of God, does this sound like this Christian walk is practical based on what the instruction we're getting today? Yes. That's the kind of Christ we serve. That's the kind of Lord and Savior that we have. One who is concerned about every iota and detail of our life. I've watched mothers do it with children. In the home, my wife does it now. She pays attention to everything. There ain't nothing she don't know. She, don't, she knows where items are. She knows where food is. She knows where clothes are. She knows where everything. She really does. And this is how powerfully precise the Holy Spirit is when he deals with us. Amen? Amen? Our ideas, she says, are too narrow. Saints of God, would y'all agree with that? Mm -hmm. We got some narrow ideas. I want to challenge the church here today. It's time to think out of the box, out of your own box, out of your own selfish box. It's a hard saying, but I trust me, the person who's talking to you knows that he needs that too. Amen? Amen. But if we don't get out of that box, guess what? We're going to continue to be in a place that's not filled with a whole bunch of people who just need our loving service, who just need us to be concerned about them, who just need us to reach out to them and say we love you, we care about you, who just need to know that there's some people who really believe in God's power so much that they're willing to give everything because they know everything takes everything to serve the Lord. And the more people can give wind of that, the more people will respond. Would y'all agree with that? Mm -hmm. It says, we must study improved ways and means of reaching the people. I was brought here today, allowed here to come by the Spirit of the Lord as an encourager. We already know my testimony. To encourage his saints. And it is time to start studying and figuring out how to reach the people more. Amen? Amen. God has already given us a place. Are y'all appreciative of this place? Amen. Is it a blessing? Yeah. Do you know that you don't have to worry about how much resources are going to come if you just go to work and serve? You see, like I told the church back um, last week, I said, saints, you all work hard. You'll work hard. I said, but there's a spiritual aspect that we need to grasp here. We have operated spiritual laziness. Hmm. Did y'all hear what I said? Mm -hmm. I'm saying that humbly. <clears throat> I'm not saying that privately. Because I trust me. I got a badge for spiritual laziness. <laughs> you understand? So I'm not talking at you. I'm talking with you. Spiritual laziness will take us out of here. Mm -hmm. And I found out the cure for it. 
definitely serves. But there are three components to it. You may want to write this down in your mind, write this down in your paper. It's a real simple, you're going to be blown away how simple it is. The servant of the Lord said the cure for spirit, spiritual laziness is prayer, faith, and work. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, when I, when I watch my son, he works for UPS right now. And I remember some of these vices were taking him out, and, and, and he's wrestling with it even now. But guess what? When I start seeing him work at the diligent level that he's working, I'm noticing that his health is improving, his mindset is improving. He done, he done shaved off his hair, that long hair. He's just starting to really make decisions to do better. It's amazing what work will do. But in this context, there's a spiritual work and laboring for souls. Saints of God, it's not, we can't keep coming and just listening. We'll get spiritually constipated. Did y'all hear what I said? Just like we get physically constipated, we'll become spiritually constipated. And it really does take courage to stand up and to do it the Lord's way. Here are my final words of encouragement today as we read these inspired words. We saints need to hear with ears of faith the mighty captain of the Lord's host saying, go forward, Newton County. Amen. Go for in fact, Newton County. Can y'all say it with me? Go forward. Amen. But we go for it in the Lord's power. It doesn't matter how many people are in this place right now. The only thing that matters is do we have a faith the size of a mustard seed? Because if we do, guess what? We can move. Amen. 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 Isn't it interesting that you can feel like the weight of the world is on you, but it's something about when you start to believe and grasp the powerful hand of the Lord that it lifts all that shadow off our mind and our hearts. And we begin to be free to love God with all of our hearts and love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Saints, if we walk in that freedom here at Newton County, the Lord is waiting to do miracles greater than we even perceived. Amen? It says, we must act. What did it say? We must act. And God will what? Not fail us, saints. This is where faith comes in. We just need to follow the command. Just act. And Lord, see, remember, his words are powerful. And he will stand behind his promises. Okay? It says, brethren and sisters who have been long in the truth. I'm wondering, what about you? Huh? You have not done the work God calls upon you to do. Uh-oh. Where is your love for souls? I'm, a, I'm just going to ask it in a different kind of way. Uh, saints of God, it's not telling you, it didn't ask you the question, uh, how many times have you come to church on time? It didn't tell you how, many, how much did you read the Sabbath school lesson. All those things are important. But notice what the most important question is. It says, where is your what? Love for souls. That's the fire that we need, saints, at New County. Because when we have the love of souls, guess what? 
Nothing can deny us. Matter of fact, I used to always have said to people, love is so powerful, if you don't resist it, it will overtake you. Mm -hmm. So imagine having that love and dealing with the community that way. Mm -hmm. Amen. But we can only get that if we have the oil of his grace flowing through our soul. Mm -hmm. Think about that seven-branch candlestick, that oil flowing. Saints, that's what's missing on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, on a moment-by-moment basis. Amen? That's what I needed to be refreshed in my own soul in my relationship with my wife. Because through bitterness, through frustration, through discouragement, through depression, right? That blocks my ability to love my wife the way I need to. Amen. Same thing with her. Amen. That's real, saints. Because without that, what are we doing? This is, is it a game? No, this is eternal life stuff we're talking about. Amen? Here's the last section. It was the joy of Christ to do what? Save souls. So guess what? If it was Christ's joy, then what do we need to have? Same. The same joy. Amen? Let this be your work and your joy. Perform all duties and make all sacrifices for Christ's sake. And he will be your constant helper. Saints of God, <clears throat> go straight forward. New County, let's say it together. Go, go straight, straight forward. forward. Amen. <laughs> Where the voice of duty calls, let no seeming difficulties hinder you. Amen. Amen. If it seems difficult that these people have seen this place and ain't nobody responding, don't let that hold you back. Amen. If it looks like it's not a lot of people that come here from Sabbath, doesn't matter. Those who are here, get close to each other. Press together. Press together. Pray more together. Study more together. Sing more together. Just press and depend on God's power and let heaven know that we need business. Amen. Amen. Take up your God-given responsibilities. And as you bear your sometimes heavy burdens, do not ask, why idle stands my brother? No yoke upon him lay. Do the duty nearest you. That's a command, saints, individually and collectively. Do the duty that's nearest to us. Guess what, saints? My duty yesterday was to serve my wife. Y'all understand? My duty today is to serve his people. Amen. Do the duty that's nearest to you. Amen. And do it thoroughly and well. Not coveting praise, but working for the master. Because you belong to him. As found in Southern Watchmen, April 2, 1903. Saints of God, encourage someone today. Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another daily, while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Saints of God, today, as the Holy Spirit impressed upon your heart, that there is such a thing as a disease of selfishness. 
as the Holy Spirit impressed upon you that there is a rem remedy and a relief in our souls personally for the disease of selfishness that we all suffer with. Do y'all agree with that? Mm -hmm. And then through God's help and his power, through the love of Jesus and the sacrifice he made, through all the things that we've read, all the theories that we received, today we want to receive a fresh infilling of God's Holy Spirit mm -hmm. so that he can help us to be removed and relieved of this disease itself. Amen. Do you all agree with that? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, it is such a blessing to be able to come before you without form or fashion. We all humble ourselves before you because we know we need you and we know we can't do anything without you. Father, as we pray at the altar of incense today, We've already asked you, Lord, please forgive us where we've fallen short. Even before our request, we've already decided to praise you for all that you've done. No matter what it is that we've gone through, you've been good to us. Amen. And so we humble ourselves before you with that. But we also plead the blood of Jesus, and we come boldly before the throne of grace. Lord, thank you for this message, on a simple message, about the disease of salvation. Lord, we literally, we're all selfish. we got all kinds of selfish things that we do. But today, we want to humble ourselves and surrender our hearts to you at the altar of burnt offering. And we ask, Lord, that you would teach us by giving us the understanding so we can know what to do. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers today. Bless Newton County, Father. Bless all the families represented here and those that are not here. And Father, may we decide to go forward, I pray. In Jesus' power, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I bless you. Amen.